Good morning, church family. It's so good to be with you again, even if it's not in the way that we would prefer. It's so good to be able to talk with you and worship with you this morning or whenever you're watching this. I do hope you're keeping up to date with all the st stuff and news that's going on with our church family. Check the website, check our Facebook page, make sure you check those things so that you stay informed and you stay connected. You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about these last couple weeks is, is just what message do I share with, with you guys? What, what does God want to, to share with us as a church family? And I've gone back and forth on, on what it is that, that we need to hear during these dark and uncertain times. And my mind has gone in a whole bunch of different directions, but I just feel like God is calling me back to two things in particular, to keep it simple and to get back to the foundation you know, one of the things that fear causes us to do is to forget, and even to forget some of the most basic foundational truths and realities that we've known for, for all of our lives or, or since we became Christians that we know in our hearts and minds, and yet fear just seems to cause us to forget. And sometimes the best thing that we can do is just to take a step back from everything that's going on and just to remind ourselves of those foundational truths and realities. And so that's really what I want to get back to, hopefully last week and, and this week as well. Just get back to the foundation and talk about some of these foundational truths of who God is and how He's working and how He's moving and how He's still active and present in our lives, even in the midst of these uncertain times. And so last week, if, if you were with us, I gave you a, a mantra uh, to, to kind of put into our hearts and our minds and, and hopefully to fill our minds with a little bit more peace and faith as we face these uncertain times. And, and as I said, a mantra is something that we, we tell ourselves repeatedly. We, we, we tell it to ourselves, we tell it to each other over and over again because it's a declaration of how we want to live our lives. And so if you don't put faith mantras in front of you, you're going to have fear mongers all over you. And so we want to put faith mantras in front of us because fear will unravel your life. And so we want to put faith at the forefront of our hearts and our minds, especially during these uncertain times. And so the mantra I gave you last week was, was simple, and, and yet it's deep in so many ways and, and, and gives us foundation in so many ways during these uncertain times. And, and the mantra was simply this, when things seem out of control for us, God is still in control. When things seem out of control for us, God is still in control. Would you say that with me? When things seem out of control for us, God is still in control. Things aren't out of control for God. He isn't surprised by the pandemic or the economic uncertainty. God's not uncertain or fearful. God's sovereignty is not upended. He's not looking for good counsel to get him through this. He's not filled with worry. Now, we may not understand all that's going on and how God's working in this, and we may not see the big picture, but what we do is we trust him, and we trust that he's still in control. And I hope that foundational mantra and that reality has been at the forefront of your heart and your mind this past week. Because if we don't put that full faith mantra in front of us, we're going we're gonna to end up living in the first part of that mantra, that things seem like they're out of control. And you live there long enough, and eventually you'll spiral out of control. And that's why we need to remind ourselves and live out of the reality that even when things seem out of control for us, that God is still in control. And by faith, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Paul writes that in Romans chapter eight, that, that we believe that God works in all things, not just in, in the good circumstances, but God works in, in all things, even these circumstances that we're going through right now. 
Well, I have another faith mantra for you this morning, and it goes along with, uh, in a lot of ways, what we talked about last week. It's similar in some ways, but it also builds on what we talked about last week. And, and the mantra is simply this. When things seem out of control for us, God still cares. When things seem out of control for us, not only is God still in control, but he's still present and he still cares deeply for each and every one of us. He's not distant and detached somewhere up in heaven, but he is present and he is working in and caring for and looking out for each and every one of us and our lives. And we touched on this a little bit last week as we talked about that, that aspect of God caring for us. But I want to talk about, about that a little bit more this morning, not only for what it means for us, but as we'll get to, also what it means for those around us. So say it with me. Things may seem like they're out of control for us, but God still cares. Things may seem like they're out of control for us, but God still cares. And just like last week, I would encourage you to, to write this down. Put it in your phone or write it on a piece of paper. Put it on your mirror in your bathroom or on your refrigerator or put it on the dashboard of your car. Just somewhere where you'll see it and you'll remember it. You'll be reminded of that reality. Put it next to the mantra we talked about last week. God is still in control in the midst of things seeming like they're out of control. And God still cares. So let's talk about that for a few moments and kind of unpack this reality how many of you have ever heard the phrase, this is for the birds? Maybe your parents said it or your grandparents said it or maybe you've even said it before. How many of you, just raise your hand, if you've heard that phrase or said that phrase before, this is for the birds? You don't have to leave your hand up the whole time. You can put it down. But I've always known what that phrase meant from a literal standpoint, you know, just the, the basic idea of it. When someone says, this is for the birds, in essence, what they're saying is that this is useless, it's, it's trivial, it doesn't really matter. Of course, I guess technically, if you think about it, it, it does matter to the birds. It's not useless to the birds, it's just useless to us. But I, I got to thinking, where does that come from? I always like to think about where phrases and, and terms that we use come from. So I looked it up, and here, here's what I found. According to a guy named Robert Claiborne, who was born in the early 1900s, became a popular writer. But according to him, here's, here's what he says. He says it refers to city streets as they were before cars. And let me just read you what he wrote. When I was a youngster on the streets of New York, one could both see and smell the emissions of horse-drawn carriages or wagons. So delicately put, right? Smell the emissions of horse-drawn wagons. Since there was no way of controlling these emissions... The undigested oats in them serve to nourish a large population of English sparrows. So if you say something's for the birds, you're politely saying it's horse poop. And I clean that up a little bit from even what he said. There, so there you have it. Now you are informed. And I don't know how many people actually know that bit of material when they're using that phrase. And you're probably thinking at this point, where in the world is he going with all of this? What, what, where, where is he going with this? Well, just stay with me. I, I promise you we will get there. In the Gospel of Matthew, if you would go ahead and turn with me there in your Bibles or in your Bible apps, but in the Gospel of Matthew, in chapters 5 through 7, Jesus gives what is probably his best-known teaching, his most popular teaching. We often refer to it as the Sermon on the Mount. And in this teaching, Jesus basically lays out what life looks like in the kingdom of God. And so here's, what, here's how you live, or at least how you ought to live, when you follow Jesus. You, you, here's what it means to live life to the full. You want the fullest life that you can have? Here's how you live it. You want the best life that you can have on earth? 
Here's how you live it. And at the beginning of his teaching in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives what is often called the Beatitudes. And he starts in verse 3 by saying this, and this is from the message translation. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Do we really believe that? You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope? Maybe that's part of what's happening in this season, that, that when you get to the end of your rope, maybe that's where, that's the place where you experience God and his rule even more tangibly than you ever have before. Jesus goes on to say in verse four, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Jesus is inviting us in many ways into a relationship where we wake up to the size of who our God is. Of course, when the Pharisees, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, when they heard him teaching things like this, you know what they said? Some of the same things that people even still say today. It's for the birds. His teaching, it's useless, it doesn't matter. It's, it's for the birds. Now listen, I'll be honest with you. Some things are for the birds. Not Clear, hear me clearly, not as it relates to Jesus' teaching, okay, but, but just in life in general. And I'm sure you have your list of things that you think are for the birds. I, I know I have mine. One of those things on my list is making the bed. I, I'm sorry, but I just think making the bed is for the birds. Now, I've got to be careful here because my wonderful wife thinks that when we wake up in the mornings, we should make the bed. And so uh, we, we do. We make the bed. But, but I just think it's for the birds. I, I say, Why? You know, I mean, we're going to be in it in 16 hours. I want it ready and welcoming for me when I get back in. I, you know, why, why do we need to make the bed? And, you know, the common response is usually, well, it's for company, right? Well, let me tell you something. I have never had somebody come over to our house and visit with us and hang out, hang out with us. And in the first few minutes say to me, you know what? We love hanging out with you, but can we go check your bedroom? Because we want to make sure you made your bed. Never happened. And in fact, in present circumstances being what they are, company's not even coming over right now. So let's just be honest. I mean, why, why, what's the use in making the bed? But uh, she says that we need to make the bed. So, so guess what? We make the bed. However, not for one week this past summer. Cruz and I were at home by ourselves because Maylee and Marcy had gone down to Arkansas for summer camp. And so Cruz and I had the house to ourselves. And guess what? Don't tell Marcy, my wife. But we didn't make the bed one single day. Of course, we did make sure the day that they came back, we made the bed, we cleaned everything up because I want to stay married. So, so we did that. But now let me be clear. Kids, do not turn to your mom and say, see, preacher said that making your bed's for the birds. No, no. If mom says make your bed, you need to make your bed. But just between us guys, I think making your bed is, is for the birds if you ask me. But listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. And I can almost just imagine as Jesus is teaching that this flock of birds just flies over top of them in the sky and Jesus points up. I mean, after all, he's Jesus. It's like perfect timing. He can do whatever he wants to. But the birds are flying over and Jesus just looks up and he says, look at the birds. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now stay with me. Because in essence, Jesus is saying, faith isn't just for the birds. You gotta follow the twist. Faith isn't just for the birds. Because if you could understand the birds, you would understand how much your heavenly father cares for you and is looking out for you. Now, just to be clear, Jesus is not saying don't attend to your work, don't attend to providing, don't attend to, the, to doing the things that you need to do. But what he is saying is don't be so consumed as if it all depends on you. Because it's not all on you. You have a heavenly father who cares for you and who's looking out for you. You know, when we get in moments of pandemic, economic uncertainty, we're committed to looking out for our families, for ourselves, for our jobs, for our businesses, and, and worry begins to rise because we want to take care of those things, and, and, and we have to act because we, or we can't act, we have to react because things are being taken out of our control, and, and it's, you know, we, we can't even operate in our daily lives like we're used to, and our jobs and our businesses, everything just seems to be so out of control. It's, it, it's destabling, it's unsettling, it's uncertain. What do you do? And in the midst of it, Jesus steps in and he says, it's not, all, it's not all on you. You have a heavenly father who loves you. He cares for you. Look up. See the birds? The birds are a reminder that your father cares for them. And he looks out for them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? I love the old poem about a robin and a sparrow sitting on a tree branch Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush, rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. And so as you step outside this week, not too far outside, stay at home, stay safe. But as you step outside this week and you look into the sky and you see the birds, allow God's spirit to speak to you, to say your heavenly father cares so deeply for you. He loves you. He takes care of the birds and he's going to take care of you. So here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to say this out loud. I got three things that I want you to do. I want you to say just, just four words out loud with me. God cares for me. Just say that to yourself. Breathe it in and allow that reality to become a reality in your life. God cares for me. Now here's the second thing I want you to do. If you're by yourself, that's okay. But if you're with someone else, I want you to turn to the person next to you or the people next to you. And I just want you to say four words to them. God cares for you. Just turn to the person next to you right now and just say, God cares for you. Here's the third thing I want you to do. Because I don't want it to just stay where we are. I want it to go out. And so I want you to get five people out of your contact list. And you can do more than this. You can do everybody in your contact list. You can do as many people as you want to. I, whatever. Just I'm asking you, I'm challenging you to do five people in your contact list. Find five people in your contact list. And just text them, God cares for you. And you can put more with it. Maybe you can even give them a call if you don't text or you don't want to text. That's fine. But just find five people in your contact list. And either text them or call them or email them. You can do any of those things. Just let them know God cares for you. You can do it now. 
You can do it later. Just find five people. God cares for you. Because you see, here's the reality. The reality of knowing that God cares for you isn't just for you. That reality also impacts how we care for others and letting them know how much God cares for them and not just us. Once you know that God cares for you, it sets you free in so many ways to care for others, to look out for others. Because I'm cared for, because my heavenly father is watching over me and he's looking out for me, I can look out for others. I can care for others. You see, when you and I know Jesus, it transforms our relationships. It transforms how you see people. It transforms how you treat people, how you reach out to people. And that especially ought to be true in times of crisis. Listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to shine the brightest when things are the darkest because we have a heavenly father who cares for us and is looking out for us. And so like nobody else on earth, we can care for others and look out for others. And why do we do this? Well, we do it because of Jesus. I love what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. It's one of my favorite passages. But he says in Philippians chapter 2, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You say, well, what is the mindset of Christ Jesus? Well, Paul tells us just before that in verse 4, not looking to your own interests. It's not about just you. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Because God cares for and looks out for you, you and I can look out for others. So let's get practical. How do we do that during these times? It's a little bit more difficult than normal, but, but how do we do that? How do we look out for people and reach out to people during these difficult times? Well, let me give you a couple things maybe to think about and, and some things to do, some challenges to do during this week. First of all, how about starting with our families? You know, we're spending so much time with our families right now. And as many of you know, things can get unhinged rather quickly. You know, it's funny, all of us have been saying probably before all of this happened, hey, I just, I wish I had more free time. I wish I had more family time. And now we've got it. And it's like, I can't, I need a break from my family. Well, not me, I, not, but, but maybe you do. And, and so maybe the first place we can start is just with our family. It's a great time to, to reconnect with your spouse to reconnect with your kids, maybe to reconnect with a family member you haven't really talked to. Maybe they live in a different state or city. Maybe it's a good time to call them. Maybe it's a relationship that's kind of a little bit on edge. Maybe it's been damaged in some way, and maybe this is a good time just to reach out and mend some fences. Say, hey, you know what? I, I just want to let you know that I love you. I still love you. I still care about you. And what, what are some ways that, that you and I can can just reach out and serve those in our family. Let me give you an example. Maylee, this week, uh, cooked dinner for our family. She did it all by herself. She cooked dinner all by herself, made it for our family. Actually, she did it twice, uh, but she was very proud of herself, by the way. But, but she, she cooked dinner. Just, just That's her way to, to serve us, and, and we appreciated it so much, just the effort and time that she put in. And by the way, Cruz, then he wants to help out too. And so Marcy and him made breakfast the next morning. And, and he just wanted to get in on the action. But that was just their way of, of, of serving and, and helping out. And you see, serving each other can really be contagious. It, it can be fun. It can be something that we enjoy doing, not just a, something we look at as a burden. And so just, just being that family is who we're spending most of our time with right now. What's some ways that, that you can serve those in your family? 
Kids, how can you serve your parents? How can you serve your, your brothers or your sisters? Parents, how can you serve your kids? Husbands, how can you serve your wives? Wives, how can you serve your husbands? Because we can serve right there in our families, right where we are. Speaking of family, this is also a great time to check in on, your, uh, on those in your church family, whether that's part of, of our church family here at 20th Street, or maybe you don't attend 20th Street, maybe it's another church family that you're uh, a part of, wherever you attend. One of the great things that's come about during this time is that we've been much more intentional about reaching out to our, our church family, our 20th Street church family. And I'm so thankful for a certain group of people who have, have been super intentional about reaching out to each and every person in our church family and making calls and reaching out to them and, and, and making touch with each and every person just to make sure they're okay. Touch base with them. Hey, you doing okay? Do you, do you need anything? Going and getting groceries or any other supplies that they need helping out wherever they need. There was one guy that uh, in our church family who reached out and, and took some groceries over to a lady and found out that her furnace wasn't working, so he went in and, and fixed her furnace for her. It wasn't a, a huge fix, thankfully, but, but just took the time to, to go do that. And I would just encourage you to, to just find one person in, in our church family or in your church family and, and just give them a call, just, just one person. Just give them a call and say, hey, how you doing? Just wanna let you know I'm thinking about you. Maybe even pray with them. I, I, I guarantee you they would love to hear from you, even just to talk with you for a few moments. Or maybe there's something that they need. You can go get them some groceries or maybe take a trip to the pharmacy. Maybe they, maybe they need some medicine picked up and, and you can go do that for them. What a great way to reach out and to, and to serve and to show how much God cares for us and how much God cares for each other. But don't just let that stop with our church family. Reach out and, 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 and make touch with your neighbors. You know, reach out to your neighbors and, and let them know that you care about them as well. There's so many people in our community right now who can't and really shouldn't be getting out during this time. And so reach out to your neighbors and just ask, hey, is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything that we can go get for you? you know, I really don't want you to get out during this time and just to stay safe. So can we run to the grocery store? Can we go get something for you? Maybe just, I guarantee you, they would just love, maybe they're cooped in, maybe they're all by themselves. It's a widow or widower and they would just love to hear somebody else's voice. Maybe they don't have anybody else. And you can be a, a light and a source of peace and hope for them. And it can maybe build a relationship with them just by reaching out, calling them and, and letting them know that, that someone cares, you know, that, that you care and that ultimately that God cares. Or, or maybe, maybe this is a good time to reach out to somebody who owns a small business in our community right now or in your community. Reach out to them. These are struggling times for many who own small businesses. Or maybe someone who you know their job is in jeopardy right now. Reach out to them. Just let them know, hey, we're thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I just want to let you know that, that you're on, in our thoughts and in our, in our hearts and our minds during these difficult times. And I know many of you are already doing these things. And if you are, that, that's awesome. Continue doing them. And maybe if you aren't, maybe this, let this be an encouragement to you to, to start doing these things. Just to reach out and to let people know that we care. Because it shows the world that we have a Heavenly Father. And because we have a Heavenly Father who cares for us, we're going to reach out and care for others. And then lastly, the most important thing that you and I can do to show our love and our care for others is just to share Jesus with them. I said this last week and I'll say it again. Maybe this whole experience and these circumstances ought to be a reminder to each and every one of us that the church is not the building. The church is the people. And we don't just go to church. We're called to be the church. 
We're called to be a light in the midst of the darkness. We're, we're called to point people to the source of hope and peace in the midst of uncertainty and fear. Because when things are at their darkest, church, we ought to shine the brightest. It's on us to be like Jesus to the world. And Jesus says of himself in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And the ultimate way he did that was by giving his life as a ransom for many. You know, social distancing has kind of become the, the, the buzzword in our community. But social distancing doesn't have to mean social isolation. Encourage one another. Reach out to one another. Love one another. Serve one another. I've been thinking about this more and more. and Things kind of submitted this a little bit last week as I looked at our, our Facebook page and our our YouTube page and all the platforms that we've got our, our stuff on right now. The video that we sent out last week, our worship time, our teaching time last week, the stats that we got back from all of our platform showed that we had more views, more people watching that, more people connecting to that and connecting to each other than we've ever had in this church building for any service. Maybe this whole experience is a wake-up call to us as the church that we need to be sharing Jesus with others. And maybe this whole experience is a wake-up call to others who maybe haven't received him. That today may be the day that they take that step and give their life to him. Maybe even some of you watching or listening right now. I don't know all that God causes and all that God authors versus what God allows, but I do know that in his allowance, what he's doing is drawing people to him. And listen, reaching out to people and, and serving people and helping people, that's a wonderful thing. But this physical body will fade. It won't last forever. And the most important thing that we do, church, is we help people find Jesus. To get new life in him. Church, that's what we're here for. And so in the midst of these dark and uncertain times, when things seem like they're so out of control, may we remember that our God, our Heavenly Father, He's still in control. And He still cares very deeply about each and every one of us. And because He cares for us, we can care for others. And in the midst of all the bad news that we just seem to be bombarded with each and every day, you and I can share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we can be His hands and His feet to the world around us. Let's pray. Father, in the midst of these dark and uncertain times, when things seem like they're so out of control for us, help us to realize that not only are you still in control, but also that you deeply care for each and every one of us. And certainly, Father, you care for our daily needs, but more than that, you care for us spiritually. And you showed us just how much you cared for us and you much, just how much you love us by giving your son to die for us on the cross. You gave him to die for us so that we could be with you, so that we could have a relationship with you. And Father, so that ultimately we could have a hope of eternity that goes beyond this world. And so Father, because we know how much you love and care for us, help us to care for others. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to be a light in the midst of the darkness so that others may know of your love and your care for them as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.